Brian King. You're watching On the Road with Dr. Brian King. I say, I say, you're on the road with Dr. Brian King. Hey, I'm Trivi Trollope, and you're on the road with Dr. Brian King. Hi, this is Nikki Tina, and you're watching On the Road with Dr. Brian. Folks, this is uh, Dr. Brian King. I'm here, uh, this is On the Road with Dr. Brian King, or Dr. Brian King Presents, or I don't know. We, I'm still working on a title. For this podcast, folks, I'm here. Uh, I, I will say though, what, regardless of the title, I am on the road, on the, and I'm also on the couch, and I'm here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm here with Sarah. Sarah, my co-host. Sarah, you want to say hi to folks? Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? You should come over and move closer, closer to the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the couch, on your lap. On the couch and on the lap. I'm covered in girls right now, folks. So uh, me and Sarah here, and we and we're we're hanging out in Memphis. Right, Sarah? We are. Friday and night in Memphis. Friday night in Memphis. And uh, did you have a good time in Memphis? I have so far these two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. Where are we, by the way? Let's. I, I, okay, before I get into uh, interviewing my guest, uh, I really want to, I, I just want to go on a record as to where, where we are right now. We are downtown at the awesome Peabody. We've already visited the Ducks this evening up the on Peabody the Peabody Hotel Terrace. And, yeah, but uh, let's, let's, let's let the people digest <laughs> The fact that we're at the Peabody. Baby, describe this place. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What else? Uh, we get a couch in our room. Plus, Drambouillet, <laughs> whatever it's called, delivered to the room. Now, folks, uh, you know, not, not uh, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to brag or nothing, uh, but the good doctor is, is kind of a baller. And uh, uh, we're at the, uh, the world-famous Peabody Hotel which is the nicest place to stay in Memphis other than Graceland. But, you know, we're going to stay at Graceland next time we come visit, I think. Okay. All right. So our, my, our guest today is, uh, is, is a really cool chick. Uh, she is uh, she's a friend. Uh, I, I met her last year when I was in Memphis doing the uh, Memphis Comedy Festival. Sarah met her last year. When uh, she crashed on her couch, her <laughs> that's, that's southern hospitality. Yes, yeah, so that's the way it works. She is a, a lawyer, uh, an activist, uh, a writer, uh, a redhead, and uh, and also a comedian and soon to be a teeth model. Uh, folks, uh, <laughs> please, please welcome Jada, Jada Brizantine. Hey, great to be here. Is it Brizantine or Brizantine? Actually, it's Smith now. It's much Is it easier. Really? <laughs> I'm going to have to find a different stage Jada, name. I think there's already a famous Jada Smith, though. That might. It's a little confusing. I've been being, mm-hmm. I've been booked in a lot of different venues since then, but they look really confused whenever I come out on they, stage. They, they, it's 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 going to be yeah, it's it's it gets confusing at the at, at SAG basically. Uh, they're going to have. It's like, um, and Will is looking for you. I don't know. It's a weird uh, Jada, reference. Jada Smith, second of her name. What's her, what's her, uh, what's Jada Smith? Pickett. That's right. Pinkett. Thank you. Pinkett. Jada Pinkett. I knew there was a reason I had a co-host. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking my stage name. I may have to change it to Jaylin. Jaylin. Keep, keep the Southern. There you go. Jada, what's going on, Jada? Uh, I've got a few things going on right now. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. What's going on with you, like, at this moment? 
At this moment, I yeah. am sitting on a soft couch in a luxury hotel room that has a gourmet cat food menu <laughs> oh. that you can get ordered up to the room. <laughs> That's right. Drinking uh, drambouille over ice and just... Uh, you you do live a good life, sir. I it's, have to say. I gotta say it's not bad. Right I, now I feel I'm spoiled. Right now I am uh, I'm, I'm between two redheads. Uh, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, and 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 I was introduced. I was introduced to Dram. How you pronounce it? Drambui. Drambui. I was introduced to Drambui like about five minutes ago, and I think it's the best thing I've ever had. And uh, I don't know where I don't know how I managed to live life without it. You know, up until now. But yeah, so we are here in our room, and uh, and you're right. They do have gourmet cat food on the room service menu. I've never <laughs> seen that before. <laughs> it was well, like tuna hash or something. Uh-huh. You can yeah. have delivered up for your cat. Well, if crazy you, treats. If you, uh, I don't know, if you, if you can't afford uh, the people food, uh, the, at least they have good uh, quality <laughs> pet food. So, uh, Jada, you're, uh, uh, you're a comedian, and, uh, and that's how we know each other. It right? is. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy, man? I've been doing comedy now for about a year and a half. That's it? That's all really? I've been doing comedy. Uh, I, I did some a... spoken word poetry before that for yeah. several years. So you were a lesbian. I don't know. I could see you in Doc Martens and like a, a shirt with really long sleeves that go beyond your thumbs. Like and, these uh, Doc yeah. Martens I'm wearing? Yes. Oh, are those Docs? <laughs> those are Docs. And a uh, flannel shirt tied around your waist. And uh, I was really into Nirvana yeah, in high were. school. And other chicks were really into the flannel yeah. shirt in college. <laughs> I, I actually came out as uh, being bisexual to my mom recently. And really? my father doesn't listen to this podcast. See now I was I was um, only I was kidding making an association <laughs> making an association between uh between you know poetry and uh and lesbianism but uh no so you actually got some a uh, little bit in you. That's nice. <laughs> a little bit on me. <laughs> a little bit on you. So you were you were a poet, uh, or was it now did you do comedic poetry readings or uh some 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 of it was dark humor. Uh, I did more serious mm-hmm. teenager, mid-twenties, angsty poetry, yeah. really. Uh, I, I found com- comedy to be a better medium. It seems to get a more positive mm-hmm. response, and I think at the end of the day, people <laughs> so want think, to be think, uplifted instead of, you, you think know, uh, comedy gets a better response than uh, uh, angry poetry? Huh? <laughs> you know, you, you just get the morose, snappy. But no, sl- slam poetry is, is, is a brutal format because you're up there burying your soul and you're doing the, the poetry and, you know, you're trying to weave the words to make the people feel. And then when you're done, they immediately hold up placards like mm-hmm. in the Olympics grading you on one to ten wow. on how they feel. And, and it you feel very naked up there. And then it's just brutal mm-hmm. whenever they're scoring you feedback that quickly. Wow. Is it, so it's, is it like is it competitive? It, yes. It, it, so uh, slam poetry is a competition. So is there there's a winner? There, there is a winner, and they, they, just like a high dive championship, they grade you on one to ten, and, and some, some people it's their mm-hmm. taste. Sometimes mm-hmm. it matters on, 
you know, who brings the most friends. Hmm. Uh, so it's but, an instant gratification or, or yeah, instant? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it takes a certain amount of ego to want to be a, a spoke, competitive spoken word poet. Mm. It really does. It, it takes a certain amount of ego and a certain amount of hoops wow. to get up there and do that art form, I think. Oh, well. So in that trans, I, you know, I, I express surprise when you told me you'd only been doing comedy for a year and a half, because I assumed you'd, you'd been longer than that. You're actually, a, you know, you're not, you're not, you're a good comic. You're not just a year and a half long comic. You know what I mean? Uh, like, well, well, thank you. Uh, whenever I did come out, I came out very aggressively. Uh, I hit every mic that I could hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go up seven days a week if I could, and I was constantly writing, recording my sets, mm-hmm. watching them, trying to figure out what I could do better, how I could do better, and just kept working that time and working that time. And I'm wow. I'm doing 30-minute features now. I just did a yeah. feature at South Street in Jackson. A year and a half later, you're on my podcast. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, <laughs> I have good it's... friends like you to bring me up to. That's right. That's right. So, no, so you're, you're featuring where? Uh, I just did a feature at South Street Comedy Club. Uh, that should be up on my YouTube channel shortly. I also did a, a feature over uh, the... Uh, Best Bird Show, uh-huh. which is Jawa Horn's uh, comedy show. I have a recording of that up on my YouTube channel now, which is Jada Comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, also, some of my short films. I've kind of caught the film bug lately. Are we plugging you now? Is that, you I, usually, I, I usually wait for the end of the podcast to plug stuff. Uh, but Jada hey, go file. go for it. Go for it. You want to plug stuff? So you, uh, Jada Comedy. I've only been doing this a year and a half. I don't okay. have that much social media right, to plug. Well, then we should definitely wait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's the stuff that that you want to plug at the end. You know, like, and and by the way, folks, if you want to see more of Jada, uh, check around at Jada Comedy on YouTube. But see, we've already done that. So how are we gonna? We can't end this. Now. No, we can just say that over and over and <laughs> as many most, times as I can drop that in as possible. Most boring podcast ever. <laughs> you. you two are gonna have to start taking off your clothes. Uh, uh, this is gonna yeah seriously, so uh, uh, so you've been doing comedy for a year and a half. You're now at the feature level, uh, all in Memphis. Uh, I've also done shows in Atlanta, uh, Little Rock, Jackson, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, tra- so I've traveled a bit. The, the big comedy cities. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, it's hard for me to tour for any length of time because of the day job. Right? Can we talk about your day job? We can. We can I think your day that. job is. I think it's interesting uh, that you are. Because you know, people that listen to this, they're gonna know uh, that I am a am a psychologist. I have a PhD in psychology, and I and I have transitioned that to comedy. Uh, and uh, you know, comedy draws people from all sorts of different walks of life. And I think uh, you know, you you like me are another uh, professional with a sort of advanced education. You know, like what do you, what is it that you do? I am an attorney. I am a criminal defense attorney in Memphis. And you definitely you, takes a sense of humor to do that. No kidding. That's really what you does. call job security. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Memphis, anyway. Yeah, there's no in shortage Memphis. of criminals here. No. But, yeah, so you actually defend uh, criminals, right? Well, I defend people accused of crimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Just because you're accused or arrested does not necessarily mean that you're a criminal. Right. And actually, that's something that uh, was very surprising to me getting into the field. Uh, I, I thought I wanted to do corporate law, mm-hmm. uh, mortgages. 
Uh, I'm really glad that I didn't because, number one, it's more exciting to be in a courtroom than it is to be behind a desk. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, uh, you you see a whole lot of the problems in Memphis that lead to crime, uh, the the poverty levels of certain neighborhoods, mental illness, Mm -hmm. and a lot of these problems are curable. Mm -hmm. And you can work through the courts to actually help improve your clients' lives. And that's Mm -hmm. something that truly surprised me is there, there are very few people who actually have the intention to do harm mm-hmm. to their fellow man. Most of the time it's uh, acts of desperation or mental illness. Hmm. So uh, what's, uh, uh, how, I don't know, do you, are you a good lawyer? Do you get people off? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to win some cases from, yeah. from time to time. I, I don't think I should use that slogan, you know, Jada gets you off. <laughs> not, the, not the best slogan choice. Not if you're going to be bi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I should go. Marijuana should be legal, but until it is, call me. There you go. But you guys don't have that problem. No, we, well, California. in California, we have legal weed. Uh, Sarah and I no longer live in California. Uh, we're kind of nomads now, so we kind of have to check the laws every time we cross state lines. Yeah. And, and the world didn't end when that happened? No, no. <laughs> can, can you send our, send our legislature a memo on that to oh, inform the them that it's yeah. not just chaos in the Did street? Did you know that, that your next-door neighbors in Arkansas are voting on marijuana pretty soon? Uh, actually, it's come up for a vote v- before and very nearly passed in Arkansas. Uh, they're a huge agricultural state. It would mm-hmm. probably quadruple uh, their economy to have it legal and legally grow in mm-hmm. Arkansas. I think the, the main problem that they had last year is that, that they were going to allow a certain amount to be grown for personal use. Mm-hmm. And some of the more conservative uh, constituents had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what barred it. But but growing as an industry, the state seems to be really behind that. But yeah. they're, they're coming around. They're yeah. coming around. So basically with the, with Arkansas right across the river, you know, you, you're going to have a whole lot more criminals. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, what kind of cases do you, do you get, really? Like, what kind of people are you defending? Innocent ones. No, uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's all walks of life. Um, I, I don't like to, like, I, I have one bit that I do on the stage, which I have that client's permission to tell the story, all mm-hmm. the parties involved. It was a, It's a humorous story, but uh, people say to me all the time, it's like, oh, well, you must hear so many interesting stories that make mm-hmm. for good comedy bits, and I don't tell those stories because as a professional I also have to we, we have the confidentiality mm-hmm. uh, that we have to maintain and my clients aren't going to look very favorably upon me if, if I tell those types of stories right. uh, to the public so uh, I've represented so many people and so many people that their friends don't necessarily know that I've represented mm-hmm. so I really can't get into Names, all all different types. Rags to riches, I've yeah. represented. Have you ever had uh, a former client show up at a comedy show? I have. Mm-hmm. I have had clients show up to my comedy shows, and uh, they absolutely love it. They say I'm two different people whenever I'm in court, Yeah. and they, they see the serious side, and it's like, oh, you're like a stormtrooper whenever you're, you're down there in front of, whenever you're down there in front of the judge, but then they see me on stage, and I'm very relaxed, and, you know, I'm telling silly vagina jokes, and it's mm-hmm. just a completely different 
side of me, I guess, they see. But that is my outlet where I feel like I can speak and be myself. So. Right. Do you ever tell jokes uh, in in court? Yeah, like your opening statements or your closing remarks. You know, you do a little, do a little, little time, a little riffing with the jury. <laughs> a, a little... Jury number twelve knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, this guy knows what I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> like, you want a gun right now for me, don't you, sir? Hey, no. Uh, you, you you can use a little bit of humor in the courtroom. You have to be very careful that you don't turn a jury off. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a little bit of humor, a little bit of lightness. Um, I find it relaxes the jury a little bit, but you really have to balance that because... You're serious, and you don't want your client to see you being a clown. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is their life. They they may be looking at going to prison for 20 years. They're not wanting you to do a comedy set. They're wanting you to defend their case. Yeah, that makes sense. I realized that was a really stupid question. <laughs> it's like, uh, I wasn't trying to slap you. No, I was like, yeah, of course you're not gonna be doing, the, you know, like making jokes in a, in a fucking court. And it's Sarah, ask some intelligent questions. I've had, well, I've there, had there, way there too is, much of this dram brewery. There, there, there is a, there is like a, a little bit uh, on the onset during the war deer that you do um, because you you want to make the point that your client doesn't have to prove anything mm-hmm. that you can't prove a negative. And and one of the things that will ask the jurors like. Hey, you remember when we went out to dinner the other night? We had a really good dinner, and you gave me your number at the end of the night. Wasn't mm-hmm. that great? And they're like, no, I didn't. It's like, You're number 12. Yes, you did. You don't remember that? It's like, no, I didn't. Prove it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a light humor just to demonstrate that they can't. If I am alleging something, they can't just up and prove that it didn't happen. Got it, got Which it. is kind of... I guess lighter comedy side of a jury trial. Most jury trials not Perry Mason. It's it's mm-hmm. three or four days of very dry droning of attorneys. Is there anything like I, yeah? I, I have no I have no concept. I just realized I have no concept of uh, of what it might be like to be in court. I don't think I've ever been in a real court. Uh, you never I, done jury duty? I played a plaintiff on a court TV show. <laughs> <laughs> did you? I Which did. One? Oh, one? I forget. It was one of the. It, it's canceled. It was like uh, it was. It was on like the WB or something stupid. You know, it you was must a, have done a good job. No, it was a. Uh, you know, I answered this casting call in Los Angeles, uh, and uh, for court for some court TV show, and it was a, it was a big cattle call. You know, it was like every, everybody's in the courtroom, and. Uh, I, Apparently, you know, they, they, they handed us all a little slip of paper, like that we were either the plaintiff or the defendant. Uh, and it gave us, like, it was one line uh, about the case, uh, like, from my perspective. And then basically we just ad libbed, you know, like uh, everything. Everything was ad libbed. And, uh, and they would pair up people. And so, like, okay, you are the plaintiff, you're the defendant, you know. And, uh, and so I did it. And Do you remember your line? I, it was something about uh, I had fired this girl because uh, she was incompetent, and she was claiming I fired her because she was refusing to date me. You know, it was like a it was like one of the it was like a sexual harassment. Oh, thing, so you were maybe. able to pull very deep on that motivation. Very deep, very deep. I was like, oh, I've done this. Uh, very deep. <laughs> but no, and so she uh, uh, and and I don't know, and then we just uh, we just started ad libbing, and we would feed off each other. It was uh, uh, it was interesting because it was eye opening. I always thought court TV 
uh, was, you know, they, they were actually <laughs> showing us real cases because they tell you it's like these the cases are real. The defendants have, you know, like they and it's no, it's not. It's it's actors ad libbing. It's stupid, uh, you know. But that's nothing like what you do. You uh, you do you're 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 not ad libbing, are you? <laughs> no, no. Um, it, it it's it's very serious. People call if people call me if people come into my office. It's never hey, I just saved money on my car insurance. Mm-hmm. Or hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. No, it, it it's the worst day of their lives. Yeah. Um, either it's a friend who's going through a divorce, or someone just had a family member arrested, or they were in a horrible accident and they're mm-hmm. mangled for the rest of their life. I mean that. It's the worst day of their lives, and they come and see. And it, it it's it's heavy. It, it's emotionally yeah. taxing. How do you handle that? I do stand up comedy. <laughs> so really, stand up is your release. Like it, I... it is. It is. Um, because you 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 can't do it without a certain amount of compassion. Um, but at the same time, you have to have an objective view so you can't mm-hmm. get too emotionally invested in the case mm-hmm. and in law school they tell you that constantly don't get too invest invested in the case but at the same time i think if you don't have some investment you're mm-hmm. not a zealous advocate so i i do get somewhat invested in the cases up up into a point and you you just deal with tragedy after tragedy every day and you, you need that release, and I think other people need that release too. And I think that's why I'm drawn to comedy is I I want to give that to other people, and it's also uh, given me that release at the mm-hmm. same time to mm-hmm. be able to deliver it. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's too bad you can't actually talk about your cases because then you could really uh, you know have that release, right? And I was like, this guy did hate. Do you ever have any? Oh, do you ever have any like? Psychos that just kind of challenge or, or threaten you because you, if you like if you don't get me off, uh, the rest of my gang is gonna come do oh, something I, bad. I, I've had clients come across the table at me um, because I not because wasn't my fault that that was what the offer the state mm. was offering, but they were really unhappy about the offer. Uh, I've had to go home and wash blood out of my hair before. Your own uh, blood or somebody else's someone blood? Someone else's blood, uh, where they just lost it in the middle of the courtroom and started mm-hmm. banging their head on the table, and blood was just flying all over the courtroom, and wow. it went across my face. Wow. And they had to bring in a hazmat team, and I'm like, can I go? Because mm-hmm. I'm sticking. You're not like a yeah. You you're a you're, you're private. You're not like a public defender, are you? Or no, I I do take appointed cases uh, to do my pro bono. Work. Mm-hmm. I think that every attorney owes something back, some service to their community. So I do take a number of appointed cases uh, as pro bono work. So as we've been, uh, as I've been sitting here chatting uh, with uh, Jada by uh, by myself, because Sarah just went to the door to go get room service. Uh, are you are you gonna are you gonna be are you gonna be able to contribute or are you too busy eating fried green tomatoes? I'm eating fried green tomatoes. Mm, them maters so, mighty tasty. So folks, if you don't hear from to, uh, from Sarah in a while, it's because uh, her she's her mouth is stuffed full of southern fried tomatoes food. Actually, I do have a question. All right. So we are all are performing professionals in some sort or form, um, an artist. You're both into com- comedy, and I am a tango dancer. Um, we both ha- we all have our professional lives and our mm, quote-unquote personal lives. 
Jada, you know, you, you talked about having comedy be your outlet. Are there moments when you are, quote unquote, performing in the, the courtroom that you tend to find that same sort of flow that you can find in comedy at times? They are very different. You you have to understand that by the time that I'm speaking in a courtroom and it's a trial situation, uh, nothing that I want to say or any opinions that I have play any factor whatsoever. Okay. Uh, everything is very methodically thought out. I'm doing PowerPoint presentations about where bullet holes are. Uh, everything is very scripted. Uh, particularly in a civil trial where you've you've already taken the depositions, you already know what the witnesses are pretty well going to say. So I never get to say anything I want to say uh, in a courtroom, mm-hmm. but but I'm still on. Mm-hmm. And then there is that thing whenever I'm doing comedy, I'm on, but it's very different. I, I do have I, I go through a week or two uh, periods where I get very introverted because I just want to be turned off for a minute where no one is looking at me and I don't have to feel like I have to be in any sort of character. Uh, but those those two characters, as it were, they're, they're, they're very different. Very different. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you have a... Uh, I mean, you're, you're fairly successful uh, at your day job. Uh, if you uh, became more successful as a comedian, like if you moved up the ranks from, say, featuring in Jackson... Uh, to headlining in Jackson, uh, would you uh, would you ever consider uh, giving giving up the law? I've thought about moving into entertainment law. Um, entertainment law seems uh, much more positive. I'm, in, instead of people, you know, being a mess and me feeling like I have mm-hmm. to clean it up, sometimes instead I can feel like I'm trying to build their dreams, start mm-hmm. a corporation copyright things uh get them contracts and it it just feels like i'm building something rather than just doing housekeeping uh in my heart of hearts i don't think i'll ever give up trial work though it it, uh there's no rush like a jury trial and i might not take as many cases and i might not you know do the day-to-day hustle but uh i think i would be very selective. Maybe the Innocence Project, where I could do mm. some a few high-profile cases a year. I've always, yeah, uh, yet I've met lots of lawyers uh, in comedy. Uh, I've had I've had a number of friends uh, that I started with uh, people that in the the back in the Bay Area. Damon Ferguson, of course, is a is a lawyer slash comedian uh, back in San Francisco Bay Area. Lots of other. Uh, people with law degrees. Uh, Greg Giraldo uh, was a lawyer. Dimitri Martin. Dimitri Martin, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. another another lawyer. Um, what is it about law, law, or the pursuit of law, perhaps, or like this pursuit of a law education that might uh, that might lend somebody into uh, turn somebody into comedy? One, you do a whole lot of public speaking. Two, it, it's that it's that outlet, I, that outlet factor that that you're wanting something lighter. Uh, in the midst of all the horrible stories that you hear. Uh, but three, uh, I think that both law and comedy, they, they draw cynical bastards. Mm-hmm. And to the soul, <laughs> the soul of a comic and the soul of a lawyer, yeah. we're all cynical bastards. That, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and intelligent cynical bastards. You know, a good comedian is 
highly intelligent, well, I would mo- hope. Most cynical people are I have met lots of stupid comedians, well, though. I'd agree, but... <clears throat> the most cynical people are right. intelligent. I haven't That's met many stupid lawyers, but I've met lots of stupid comedians, so... <laughs> I've uh, met a few stupid lawyers. Yeah. What is your What's your favorite depiction of courtroom on a uh, on the big screen? And what's 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 the movie that gets it right? Uh, mo- not so much a movie. I love the practice. Um, I absolutely love that show. That that first that first episode of the practice back in the nineties mm-hmm. where they're. They're rushing the court, and he's got the donut in his mouth, and he's fumbling with the briefcase, and he has to set it down while he does his little dance through the metal detector. Mm-hmm. That's how my day is. <laughs> so many days out of the week. And uh, the practice did a whole lot for uh, for just social awareness about the criminal justice system. And everyone remembers Law & Order. Uh Law and Order is very formulaic. The, the the practice was just very good, very mm-hmm. good writing for a courtroom drama. Do you so so basically what you're saying is uh, my cousin Vinny is uh, is the best courtroom movie. Right? It's not bad. They actually they actually <laughs> really? showed clips of that in my trial practice Did they really? course. <laughs> As an example of things you never want a judge to say to you ever. They they showed us clips from my cousin Vinny in my trial practice class. Wow, that's awesome. I who, remember that. Who would have thought that my cousin Vinny would be on uh, would be at law played in law schools across well, the country? Well, there is humor in law school. Is there? My cousin Vinny, apparently. Oh yeah, that's. So you're, uh, uh, I, I think it's fascinating, and I like that you have this. You're like a superhero. Uh, you've got your, um, you know, your Clark Kent lawyer during the day, and then your super man woman, super bisexual person. Uh, Everyone <laughs> hates lawyers, though. Which one's the hero? Oh, that's true. That's true. So you're more like Two Face, uh, really. Everybody hates lawyers. I'll tell you, I've had to use a lawyer a couple times. Like, which persona is uh, the hero there? I don't know. And any any time I've had to use a lawyer, it's been well worth it. I think people don't like crim. I mean, criminal lawyers. I think people people get along with, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they you, they need you. Everyone hates criminal attorneys until they need you. Mm. <laughs> they're they're huge hypocrites. Like, oh my God, how can you do that? How can you represent thieves? And, yeah. Right. And then and then they're but like, they're alleged But, but then you get that call like, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you can't talk about cases, but what's the most serious crime that you've ever defended somebody or have had somebody accused of? First degree murder. Really? You've you've defended murderers? Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Uh, I've been on three murder trials. Mm-hmm. Did you get them off? Two of them were <laughs> innocent. <laughs> <laughs> the the third, uh, we gave it a good go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, see see that's the thing is that if the state can prove the case, mm-hmm. that's all we're asking them to do is it, it if they're going is to put up or shut up. Sometimes they have your client on video and there are ten witnesses there and they give a confession mm-hmm. and they decide they want to go to trial and you're like, okay, yeah. if you say so. But uh, people ask me all the time, uh, and th- th- this has actually uh, made it into my comedy set, because people ask all the time, it's like, oh, you've done a murder case? What's that like? They, they become all fascinated. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I like to tell them, well, it's a lot like doing a robbery mm-hmm. case. There's just one less witness you have to subpoena. <laughs> um, 
That's it's a, just a very cynical, that's a dark very, answer. That's a very dark joke, too. It really is. A, criminal attorneys have some of the darkest senses of humor. I would imagine. You guys, so you think you use like the gallows humor uh, to help uh, uh, to help cope, maybe? Or... Certain certain things you you can you can laugh about it or you can let it bother you. I mm. mean that's that's part of the way we we deal with it. Yeah. Like I know a lot of cops, uh, and I know that uh, you know cops when they're when they're you know when they get together and it's you know over lunch or at the end of the day and so forth. I mean they they are get, you know they they're just they have to blow off steam so they don't take the job home with them. You know. Is there a group of lawyers you guys that you're getting together with and just kind of using laughter? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, some of my friends who aren't attorneys hate to hang out with the attorneys because all we do is talk about cases mm. and joke about things that happened to us that day because those are the only people we can talk about the cases with. And, you know, my friend's like, well, I'm glad you guys stopped talking shop. I'm like, you, you don't understand. I can't, I can't take this home. I can't, mm-hmm. uh, tell my husband everything that's going on. Uh, I can't call up my best friend and say, oh my goodness, you won't believe these pictures of these abused dogs I saw today when I was working a case. You can't, you can't do any of that. The only people you have to really talk about it with are mm-hmm. your colleagues. So... We we talk about uh, cases and bounce ideas off mm-hmm. each other and drive all of our friends to madness as we do. <laughs> well, at least you have that release, man. It, that's one of the things I talk about in uh, in the book uh, is that the use of humor to help relieve you know that kind of negativity you know and and, and help uh, compensate for it. Uh, so you uh, so let's talk about other projects. So I mean I think uh, I think it's interesting, but I don't I don't want to go too long, and so I want to con- I want to move on. What else? Uh, you, you're doing some film work lately, and we we talked about your YouTube channel. You want to plug it again? Oh, Jada Comedy. Jada Comedy. Look at that. Why not Jada Lawyer? Jada Comedy. Why that, not? That, because that's a completely different. That's a completely different website that uh, Doug Gillen is supposed to have worked on for me. Wait, he's actually making you a Jada Warrior, uh, Jada Lawyer website. website. Really? Allegedly. Huh. I like how everything is alleged. <laughs> With the lawyer. Uh, I'm, I'm also doing a radio play right now. It's going to be a uh, five-episode web series. Uh, it's the write-in presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take some of the most popular candidates that t- get votes every year, mm-hmm. and we allow them to debate various issues. Uh, for example, you may have Santa Claus, uh, your mom, Mm-hmm. And Eric Cartman and Oprah debating an issue. Mm-hmm. And those are the most com- those are the most popular write-in candidates. Uh, those are yeah those are some of the most popular write-in candidates. We also have uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, Jack Daniels, Chuck Norris, mm-hmm. and we have we have voice actors coming in to voice act these. But uh, more than just the humorous aspect, and it's so humorous. You know, to think about these people discussing serious political issues, but more than just the humor aspect of it, uh, we end every episode with, while you have the right to vote for whoever you want to, please vote responsibly. So we're really trying to raise awareness. Yeah, yeah. 
if you're if the write-in vote is a wasted vote uh, it's like it's why even uh why even you know, do that you know well the, the taxpayers <clears throat> dollars they they actually the, the reason i know that batman gets so many votes every year is because the, the poor poll workers actually have to log these and it goes mm. through the same process as if it were a serious candidate uh every year so it's a waste of taxpayer dollars and um, I don't want to say don't vote at all, but if, if you're going to vote, mm-hmm. vote for someone listed, even if it's an independent mm-hmm. candidate, that that that's better than Mickey Mouse or your right. mom. Right, right, right. Or Dick Hurts. <laughs> or Lizard People. How often does Dick Hurts get get uh, uh, voted for? Your mom's very popular. Your really? mom's right up there. I with, really wish uh, you wouldn't talk about my mom. Uh, she does very well in the polls, <laughs> and uh, she's a sweet lady. But maybe that's why she does very it well in the be. polls every it could year. Be. I don't know. Uh, so I didn't know she was even running. I'll have to talk to her about that. So, uh, uh, so you, you, you're. Um, uh, th- this project sounds great. Uh, when do you expect to have it done? We're going to start recording as early as next week, so as early as next month, it should be up oh, and running wow. Wow. on my YouTube ca- channel, well, which I is have, Jada Comedy. So I have no idea when I will get around to posting this podcast. So uh, by the time this gets uh, by the time this gets on on the internet, uh, it's your your shorts are already available. Let's my just, short just... my shorts should be already available. Uh, so, uh, so check them out those, at Jada should, Comedy. Yeah, those should be up by April yeah. 2016, depending <laughs> on how long. You we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a little cut in, cut point in here where I edit in the title of your the finished title of your work. So we're gonna be like, so check out Jada's blank. <laughs> <laughs> now at, at YouTube Jada Comedy, and I'm sure this will be a finished project. It sounds pretty funny. Yeah, it sounds good. It, it, it's a whole lot of fun and writing and getting the voice actors yeah, yeah, together it's... on it. And how, who have you cast so far? Uh, we have the, uh, I believe Richard Douglas Jones is going to be, um, he's going to be Neil deGrasse Tyson and maybe Bill Cosby. So you get the black guy to do the black voices. Not all, not well. For those two, we that have the other. Very, we have the other African American like gentleman doing the other African American like gentleman profiling. voice. I feel like that's profiling. You haven't even heard my Cosby. I I, I feel like I, I do a good one. I go, you see, see, that's good Cosby right there. Colonel, you see, <laughs> I can only do you see. You see, my dead son Ennis used to love pudding pops. You see, you see. Here, drink this. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. That's I think that's not bad at all. Sarah's never heard my Cosby before because she's usually drugged. But it's a uh, uh, no. It's a, it's. A... I think we've got Ross Turner as Captain America. Oh yeah? yeah, I am unaware of his ethnicity. I'm assume he's white. Oh. Why would you assume that? Because you're racially uh, profiling your voice actors. That's Captain why. America can't be African American. I is he? You can't be Captain African American. All I'm saying is you got a black guy doing Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Cosby. And we have uh, a female doing the voice of Eric Cartman. So. Do you really? All right, I'll let you slide on that for for gender exclusivity or, or gender equality, whatever I'm trying to talk about. So uh, no, I, I look forward to that though. That sounds good, and that's going to be all. Is, are are they going to play the roles live, or are they doing voice? Is it vo- they're just supplying the voice? 
We will be in a radio studio. It, it, if it goes starts to go over well, we're hoping to be able to get an animator to actually come in on the back end and okay. animate these. Oh, very cool. So I think that would be neat with the yeah. little podiums and little animated Batman and little animated <laughs> yeah, Master yeah, yeah. Yoda. I, uh, I look forward to it, which uh, by the time this airs, it's already on YouTube. Uh, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, and you and 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 uh, let's talk more long term because you have another project in the works that I think is really awesome. Uh, you know, you you were apparently uh, uh, jealous of the fact that I just wrote a book, and uh, and you decided to write your own, uh, or at least start working on it. You want to talk a little bit about this? Well, I, while I am jealous that you have finished your book and I'm only <laughs> beginning mine. Uh, I, I had thought about writing this book for quite some time. It's a sexy law book. A sexy law book. So it's uh, ex- explain. The actual title that I'm thinking is the Kinkster's Legal Guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a guide about sex and the law. There, there are so many uh, various laws and states, and I find them to be very interesting, Mm -hmm. uh, where certain things are illegal in one state that aren't illegal in another. For example, uh, I believe it's still on the books in Mississippi, it's a felony to own or transport a a vibrator Mm -hmm. in Mississippi. Really? Yeah, you can carry a gun without any kind of permit in your vehicle, but if you have a vibrator, it's a felony. What if it's a vibrating (laughs) gun? It depends on how you use that, I think. Because I feel like I feel like this, you could use it, certain it, guns. It has to be it has to be a device that is specifically for the use of pleasure. Uh-huh. Um, like, how do you enforce a law like that? Has there has anybody in there, the history there, of that law there are dildo, ever been there are, charged? Yes, there are really? dildo trafficking busts. You got to be kidding me! In Going through Alabama and Mississippi, they do dildo trafficking busts. So yeah. they just put up a roadblock and then just check. They, to see they if get you're... the tip that the the shipment of the goods is coming through, and they just kind of I've I've seen them lay it out on a blanket out on the highway. Oh they do wow, that's so ridiculous. Wow. Because women want them, but they come in through the black market. Right, right. So uh, what... Uh, also, so, other other issues... So um, your book is basically going to be about banned dildos. Not just banned dildos. Uh, a whole lot of people engage in alternate sexual lifestyles, BDSM, that type of thing. Uh, m- many more people are curious about it after, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey has come out. Right. And it's kind of the home game version of how many felonies did Mr. Grey commit in the film. Mm-hmm. But a whole lot of people think everything they do sexually is uh, illegal if it's something that's not your standard missionary position. And that's simply not true. Uh, the introduction to the book, which I do have finished, talks a whole lot about Lawrence v. Texas which is a Supreme Court case that came out of Texas. It, first and foremost, was a huge, huge case for the gay community. It legalized sodomy. But it also did more than that. It said that you have a right to your private sexual life, and what you do in the privacy of your own bedroom is no one's business. Mm-hmm. So any, any of those laws in any state mm-hmm. where they try mm-hmm. to say, uh, you can't have blowjobs. You can't have sodomy. Uh, you can't have woman on top or whatever crazy sexual <laughs> right. law. 
It was previously on the books. Where, where is there? Where is it on the books where they can't have women on top? You would be surprised. Really? You would be surprised. That, that's why I'm writing because it's a survey of I certain I am never laws. moving there. Which? <laughs> it, 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 it's which in which states are these laws on the books? Which uh-huh. which of these laws that are on the books are valid? And yeah, which ones aren't is... under that new law, and I think it's something that needs to be explored. I would love, I would love if somebody felt, uh, you know, they said they they believe in the law so much, and they they felt so guilty that they would actually make a phone call and report themselves and turn themselves in. You know, I'm so sorry, but I just I just engaged in a legal sex act. I my girl was doing reverse cowgirl on me, and I know that's against the law in this state, and. I have a I have a theory that the same people that don't believe in the female orgasm are probably the mm. same people that don't believe in climate change either. I think they vote in the same lobby. Actually, that's one of the first questions I thought about when you said uh, these <laughs> these illegal dildos. I was wondering how much is um, gender biased. I think a number of the sexual uh, laws are meant to inhibit female sexuality. I, I think it's sexu- sexist legislation. Uh, I, I think it, it's it's based on the idea that we're not supposed to get pleasure out of sex. It, it, it's in uh, states where the the legislature has been predominantly white, male, and stodgy. Or I feel like couldn't it be too that men in Mississippi just have small penises? Well, that hasn't been my experience. (laughs) (laughs) I went to law school in Mississippi. Yeah, there you go. Um. I feel like I feel like if you're gonna outlaw if if you're gonna outlaw you know sex toys, uh, it's because you don't want any competition. You know, it's like ah, you know. I I I think laws like that. come about because men do feel threatened, um, which you, you've done a great deal of research in sexual psychology. Do you, do you think that men... Well, if that's your way of saying I've had lots of sex. <laughs> no, I have actually, yes. Uh, people who are listening to this may, may not know my background I, in psychology. I, I did study uh, human sexuality in my work. Uh, have you done anything with uh, vibratory devices? Uh, and its effect on the not since last female week. sex drive. Yeah, no, I I, I never um, I, I didn't do experiments using using stuff. I just basically asked questions. Uh, so I would have the surveys where I you know track what people are doing and what people didn't do. And you know most the vast majority of sexual behavior out there is pretty vanilla. You know there's a everybody you know people experiment with basic stuff and move on. But, uh, yeah, I was more into surveying what people were doing and using that information for other purposes. I think that landscape's changing a little bit. Yeah, it could be. And I also have concerns, like, it, it, if I, I've had uh, people call and ask questions of, say, a girl who was into being photographed. Uh, the photographer wanted to use those photographs uh, against her, was threatening to send them to her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, later was blackmailing her, and they wanted to know how to deal with that type of legal issue. Uh, I've seen issues where uh, people that enjoy being tied up or hoisted up on a rig for artistic or sexual mm-hmm. purposes, uh, sometimes the rigs break, they fall down, or they wind up with bruises. Something goes wrong, those people are going to wind up in a hospital. 
and it looks a whole lot like domestic violence, even though it's not, and they need to know how to deal with the authorities, because mm-hmm. you're likely going to get a domestic violence call if something like that happens, and you need to uh, know that consent is a defense, uh, in that situation and that you need to know how to approach the police and discuss how to uh, pair up those statements so that you don't get charged with a crime. Uh, People are scared to death that things that they enjoy just on day to day in in the bedroom are uh, that they're going to get arrested for it. And I think that's very, very unfair. And I think that there needs to be uh, some kind of education out there for these types of issues. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I think that uh, for a long time, of course, uh, you know that 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 was uh, uh, well, it still is to some extent too the uh, a big fear among the gay community. Uh, I mean, their very behavior was against the law in so many places. You know, the, their their but relationships not legitimized. I know. I'm saying it was. It was. And so, and then now I think you. Uh, and so I, I think our as a culture we just kind of got used to. Uh, sort of uh, having to sneak around with certain types of behaviors, you know, is that, you know, like if I want to have sex with, you know, one of the, with this rubber ducky, you know, and, I, and uh, you know, it, it, uh, I can't tell anybody about it, can't, you know, I, well, I, why would I? <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, is uh, your, it sounds like your work is uh, might contribute to uh, not normalizing uh, maybe uh, sort of fringe behavior, but just uh, allowing people to feel more comfortable with their desires and and their practices. Well, um, sex is very much, uh, I don't know if you would consider it act of love, but it's definitely an act of affection. It's the closest you can get uh, to another human being. And it's a very intimate relationship. And, uh, there's a whole lot of trust involved. Um, I'd like to raise some awareness in the book about what predatory behavior looks mm-hmm. like, what consent is, uh, because I want to make sure people aren't in abusive relationships they mm-hmm. don't want to be in. And is consent the biggest issue, you think, with, with regard to the legal side of sex? Consent is a major issue, Uh particularly if you're getting into, you know, the harder play and the, the blindfolds and the tying up. Uh, you need to be very clear about what everyone is agreeing on. And if you are the giver, you need to make sure that you are uh, taking steps to be sure that you that the other person understands what's about to happen in the scene. Mm-hmm. And if you're the receiver, you certainly want to make sure that you have a clear understanding about what's going to happen to you. And uh, I think a lot of that can be fixed with communication. And I think a lot of that uh, can be made very clear either by recording what they're about to do or uh, even a contract. Sometimes people think the actual contract is sexy. But in in any event... So there's more work for lawyers then. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> See how this perpetuates there my profession go, as well. But but in any event, I, I, I think that awareness, especially as more and more people are getting curious about mm-hmm. about those types of scenes, that they, they need to be very careful uh, that they don't engage sexual predators. And they need to be very careful that if they have a partner, to make sure that partner is consenting to what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
It sounds like a, a, there's a, a lot of wealth of topics uh, to hit in this book, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see it. Like, I can't, you know, I'd be interested in seeing it. Of course, I, I, I support the idea either way because you're, you're a friend. But uh, yeah, no, it definitely sounds like something I would read, and I don't read. Uh, except my, <laughs> except, except my own, own book. That's right. I will pick up my book and just read it constantly. It's the best. And the book's climbing the charts already. It's it's growing and it hasn't even been released yet. Uh, maybe by the time this podcast is out, my book will be on shelves. But who knows? Uh, so that's cool. Well, let's wrap this up. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, while you were talking about uh, your book on sex and consent, uh, and you're a comedian and you're also a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, would you have defend? Would you defend Cosby? I'll still defend Bill Cosby's. Uh, Bill Cosby as himself is the best clean set that's ever been performed live, without any yeah, I don't hesitation. Think, I don't think he's on trial for being a good comedian. Uh, no, no. Uh, but I mean, in, in the public perception, you'd be surprised. I mean, that, that's still one of the best clean performances I know, ever it's, it's performed. Brilliant. It's 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 uh, it's it's un it's it's you know what it is. It's like uh, Michael Jackson was accused of uh, you know of having relationships with young boys, and uh, you know if if you can if you can put that aside, uh, the music He's is still amazing. The king of pop. Yeah, the music is amazing. So if you uh, Bill Cosby, of course, being accused of uh, you know. If, of l- repeatedly raping people, uh, if you get if you get somehow I put was, that aside, it's I the was best comedy. I was very upset to hear it. Uh, I've always loved Bill Cosby, and uh, I'm not familiar enough with the actual facts of the case. I haven't read the allegations or uh, seen the extent of the uh, evidence against. My understanding is he has come out and admitted to at least. One occasion, though, is my understanding. Um, but I mean, I I was upset. Uh, I'm not sure legally, without looking at the case, how I could defend Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I can definitely make fun of him in my radio (laughs) drama. There you go. With Richard Douglas Jones playing him. Uh, You'll see. He hasn't read the script. If if Richard Douglas can't do it, though, come on. Let me me get it. Because I I got got it down. You'll see. Theo. Come on over here, Theo. (laughs) Theo from the Huxtables. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, Sure. Sarah has never seen like, the Cosby can Show. Can you do a good Yoda? Uh, you see, <laughs> <laughs> you see Yoda. No, that's not that's not Yoda. Uh, uh, mm, practice, you must. Yours. Yes, yeah. practice. <laughs> you are. You see Yoda. And we've gotten silly. We have gotten well. It's a podcast. We gotta do. I think the the Dram Brewery ran off. I, I that was a. <laughs> I was I was feeling a dram brewery in the beginning, and then uh, somewhere in the middle, it got all serious. And be like, go downstairs. Be like, I'm, so I'm gonna help okay. people. I'm gonna help people get, you know, get off and go, not go to jail. And I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book. And now I want to cry. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and Sarah was eating fried green tomatoes, and apparently well, I was gonna get on stage and just tell a whole bunch of dirty cooter jokes tonight, but then uh-huh. you. Brought me here and I started feeding me that. brandy. 
I am sorry about that. You can tell a duty dirty. I got like five minutes left on this podcast. You can tell a dirty cooter joke, and 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 play us out. No, no dirty cooters. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Do you have a dirty cooter joke? I do not. Your your cooter is quite clean. No. <laughs> I hear they're self cleaning. That's what I hear. I don't own one. They say the same thing about some of those litter boxes. I don't believe that either. (laughs) (laughs) There we have a dirty cooter joke, folks. There we go. All right. Well, uh, this has been been a lot of fun. This has been the first uh, podcast with my co-host, and... I appreciate her uh, contributions. Uh, and uh, Let's go get some ribs. We're going to get some ribs. We're going to do something. This is Memphis. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Jada. Thank you very much for being on, on, thank you for having me. on the record. Uh, you're totally going to sue me after this podcast. I know you are. You're going to be like, ah, Brian, I have a cease and desist order for that podcast. Uh, you, you remember that time that you outed me as being bisexual in the first five minutes of your did. podcast? You did. You did. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Is that that's not a that's not a secret, you know, right? As far as my father's concerned, it kind of. Is. Hey, uh, Jada's dad, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 mother's response was kind of, like, oh yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I still like guys too, though, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Which you like more, guys or girls? <laughs> guys. Yeah. Good. Your husband's probably listening. Anyways, uh, so. <laughs> I uh, no, thank you seriously, Jada. Thank you. This, I think this is great. I think we got a, we had a good time. It's very informative. You're you're definitely uh, a woman who does good work. Uh, you're funny and you're talented. And I really look forward to watching this YouTube uh, this the series of shows on YouTube, which are probably done by the time this podcast airs. And of course, your book that's going to be coming out. Uh, someday people, maybe that's, that's a long that's a long term people can yeah. find you uh, on YouTube if they search for Jada Comedy right uh, spell that out how do you spell Jada and... J-A-D-A J-A-D-A Comedy all one word do you have any uh, other websites or any other presences that you would like to tell people about uh, other than that that's it like I said I've only been doing comedy for about a year so right, I haven't so... gotten I haven't gotten the the Vimeo and the IMDb's and the the Twitters and the Twatters yeah. and the I <laughs> Twatter is especially useful. <laughs> 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 well, uh, uh, everybody listening, please check her out. And, of course, I'll be posting links uh, to, to her YouTube channel when I post this podcast. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe her book will be, I don't know, did you start it? You got an outline yet? Uh, or just a bunch of dildos? Uh, uh, have an outline, uh, opening chapter, and lots of research ahead uh, of me. There you go. All right, and Sarah, Sarah, the, uh, the my co-host, my tango dancing, uh, redheaded, beautiful Thank partner. you for listening. Thank you. Hey, folks, this has been On the Road with Dr. Brian King. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.